Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all? And welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Now, we got a lot to get to today. There's a lot of tournaments going on around the world right now. I'm not going to lie to you, though. This isn't the sexiest time in tennis. Actually, if you watch any tennis right now, they're, you know the Grand Slams are over for the year. The Labor Cup is over. Now, really, what there is to play for is the Davis Cup finals are still coming up. And on top of that, there's one Masters 1000 in Paris that's going to be happening. But other than that and the, and the ATP finals, there's not a whole lot left in the year. So some guys like to rest. Other guys and um, females, they like to, you know, get get some last-minute points in in the year so they can boost their ranking. But I'm not going to lie. A lot of tennis that you're going to watch on TV right now or you're going to watch on stream, a lot of it's going to be in front of, like, not a lot of fans and not in the best not in the best atmospheres, I should say, uh, around the world. So it's not the sexiest time, like I said, in tennis or really in the sport. But this is the nitty-gritty part of the sport that I really respect for a lot of players to really take this couple months here and really get going. Last weekend, I talked about a tournament going on in Korea. Uh, that is the Eugene Korea Open that was happening in Seoul, Korea. A lot of ATP 250s right now. Like I said, there's not a lot going on uh, when it comes to bigger tournaments. But let's start with that Korea tournament. Uh, it, it was a good tournament. There were some good players in it, and I believe I touched on some of them last week, but I'll, I'll touch on a few more this week. Casper uh, Ruud was in this tournament. He actually loses to uh, Yoshi Nishioka, and Nishioka is Japanese, and he's really good at, he's really good at tennis. Um, he doesn't get a lot of talk about him because he's not as flashy, and he hasn't made any super big runs, but he's a very solid tennis player. He's not the biggest guy in the world either, but he really gets it done. In the first round, he beats Daniel Evans, a five seed, so that was a big win for him. He makes it all the way to the final. We'll get to him here in a little bit, but other than that, Shapo was in this tournament. Jensen Brooksby was in this tournament. Cam Norrie, the two seed in this tournament. Cam Norrie actually loses, or he doesn't lose. He gets pa- he withdraws out of this tournament. Jensen Brooksby gets past him in the semis, but Shapo I'm most impressed with Shapo in this tournament. Shapo has really been up and down for a long part of the year. Uh, There's tournaments where he doesn't even make it past the first round where he loses to a guy that no one's really ever heard of. And then there's times where, you know, he can beat some of the biggest names or compete with some of the biggest names in the world. I think the biggest thing for Denis Shapovalov is getting into a groove, getting into more consistency on tour, and I think that's what his fans and people that are big fans of Canadian tennis are really looking for with him. Just get in the finals of some of these tournaments. Make it through to some of these tournaments. I mean, you're the four seed in this tournament. You should be able to make a run, make it far. And he does, which is really good to see. Uh, he went, he wins some close matches, 7-5-6-4, uh, you know, 7-5-6-4 again. So it's not like there's a shortage of entertainment when it comes to Shapo. He plays with a lot of emotion. I don't know if that's his crutch. It very well could be. But for Shapo to make it to the finals here, I think is only going to help him moving forward because he really needs to start making runs at some of these tournaments. I mean, he's a top 15 player, I believe, in the world. And being a top 15, 20 player, 
you need to win matches, and you need to continue to win matches. I don't know if he just plays enough tournaments that he keeps points, but a lot of the tournaments I've seen this year, he hasn't been making it past the second, third round even. So it's awesome to see him make it to the final. Uh, Nishioka wins this tournament in Korea. He wins 6-4, and then in a tiebreaker in the second. So Nishioka takes this title, and honestly, good for him. Like I said, he doesn't get a lot of praise. He doesn't really have the flashiest game. He doesn't you know, he doesn't have the shiniest of shots, but he gets it done. This is his second career title. He won one in 2018. So four years later, he turns it around and gets another title. So excited for Nishioka. Like I said, he's only 5'7". So he's been pro since 2014. So he's been around, but he just hasn't been making those massive runs that really put people's names on the map. And that's the reason behind not a lot of people probably knowing who uh, Nishioka is. I lied earlier. Shapo is number 22 in the world. Sorry about that. He has not won, I don't believe, a title here in 2022. No, he hasn't. He's only won one title, and that is 2019 in Stockholm. So if he wants to get that top 10 ranking, top 15 ranking, I think now's the time to really turn it up for Shapo. Next year, he will be 24 next year at some point. So I think, you know, there's no better time than the present, for sure, if you're Denis Shapovalov. All right, that happened in Seoul. Let's get to a new tournament. Let's go to uh, Tel Aviv, the tournament in Tel Aviv, Israel. And this is another ATP 250. The problem here is there's so many ATP 250s going on at once that not all the best players can play in each of them, right? So you kind of got to pick and choose. Well, in this tournament is Novak Djokovic. And I think what was so special about Djokovic playing in this tournament is there's a lot of fans and a lot of people that just haven't seen a whole lot of Djokovic this year. Not playing in the U.S. Open, not playing in the Australian Open, just not being able to be himself, it seems, this year because of his decision not to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So... It's becoming one of those absence make the heart grow fonder, you know, like people really want to see him play. And when he does play now, it's a little bit more special for everybody and everybody, uh, you know, isn't taking him for granted as much as they might have used to. So Novak plays in this tournament. As you would expect, he rolls. I mean, he's Novak Djokovic. I mean, he should be the number one player in the world if he played in every tournament, and he probably would be, to be honest. But he rolls right through this tournament, doesn't even really scuffle doesn't break doesn't lose us set when 6063 a tiebreaker 6361 and then a tiebreaker and then 6364 he dominates all the way through this tournament Marin Chilich makes it to the finals in this tournament the two seed not a lot of fireworks and excitement in this the one seed and two seed make it to the final and the one seed wins the tournament but Marin Chilich I believe he turned 34 during this tournament so he played Dominic team in this tournament beats him in three sets I believe that was on his 34th birthday for him to be 34 at the size he's at and still be playing high level tennis very respectable and uh, Chilich is still fun to watch he's been fun to watch for so long. Dominic Team getting back in the groove, wins a three-setter, and then loses a three-setter to Chilich. Awesome to see Dominic Team getting back in the groove of things. I really, really hope he continues to play these tournaments, continue to get better. So when we come into Australia in 2023 and really in the swing of the season then and start the season, he's ready and good to go. I'd love to see Dominic Team, you know, be become top five again, become top ten again, play really, really good tennis and make runs at some of these tournaments because he can and when he does Boy, is he fun to watch. I'm really entertained by Dominic Team. I think he's got an unbelievable backhand. He's got very solid strokes, and he has the most interesting workout routine if you've ever seen him on social media. I just had to throw that in there. Anyway, uh, let's keep moving on. That's a Tel Aviv tournament. Novak Djokovic wins that. Uh, pretty uneventful because one and two make it all the way to the final. And then we go to Bulgaria in Sofia, the Sofia Open. And this is an interesting tournament. 
Um, like I said, pretty much same time as the other tournament, so not a lot of huge names in this. But Yannick Sinner's in this tournament. He ends up playing Holger Rune in the semifinals. Holger Rune, the youngster out of Norway, he's great. He's so good. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. Sorry, he's out of Denmark. My bad. He's he's Danish. He's not Norwegian. He's Danish. I read the flag wrong. That's my bad. Uh, he beats some good players. He beats Senego. He beats Ivashka. And then goes on to beat Sinner. Now, Sinner retired in this match, but Holger Rune was right there the whole time. This is in a third set when Sinner retires. I'm not sure what's really going on with Yannick Sinner, and I hope it's not serious because Yannick Sinner, one of the most entertaining players on the tour, and him and Carlos Alcaraz right now are the two youngsters that are showing so much promise moving forward. But Yannick Sinner, ever since he got COVID, like I believe that was earlier this year, he just hasn't been the same. So I don't, I'm not sure what he retired for in this match. Uh, I haven't looked that much into it. I haven't heard a whole lot about it, which means it's probably not terribly serious, which I hope it's not. But I can't wait to watch Yannick Sinner next year. Uh, he has such a bright future ahead of him, and I can't wait to see that. Holger Rune into the final. Let's go to the bottom part. Uh, Pablo Carina Busta is the two seed, but he loses to Mark andre Hoosler. And Mark andre Hoosler is Swiss, and he loses in the second round to him. And andre Hoosler doesn't doesn't look back. He goes on to beat literally everybody. Lorenzo Musetti goes on to beat Holger Rune in the final. And with that win, he becomes the first Swiss male to win an ATP singles title since Roger Federer, who won in Basel in 2019. So if he's anything, if he's half the player that Roger Federer is, or Stan Wawrinka. I mean, in Switzerland, it seems like they breed some pretty good tennis players. But he's if he's half of the player that those guys are, this Marc-Andre Hoosler, check him out. I mean, he's going to be so fun to watch. He's a taller guy. Um, he, he's not very old. So being able to win a tournament like this is awesome. He is 26 years old. He's been, tour, been on tour since 2016. Uh, his rank is number 64 in the world, and this is his first ATP title and Sophia on the hard court here in 2022. So looking forward to seeing him moving forward, and uh, you know, hopefully Yannick Sinner gets well soon, but Holger Rune, I mean, what a dog. I love watching that guy play, and I can't wait to watch him grow up and even play better tennis here in the future. All right, let's talk quick about what is coming up. There's a few tournaments that are ATP 500, so they got a little better draw on them. One's in Tokyo, the Rakuten Japan Open Tennis Championships that are happening over in Tokyo, and there's a lot of good players in this one. This is uh, this is one you're going to want to watch. This tournament already started, and Casper uh, Ruud's in this tournament. He loses in the first round. Francis Tiafo, the great um, young American that's been playing so well this year, he's in this tournament. Chapo, Fritz, all those guys are in this tournament. The second round uh, is where everyone is right now as far as I, when I'm recording this podcast, which is Wednesday, which, sorry about that. Work got busy this week. I try to get it out every week. Sorry, but, hey, you get in the podcast this week, so at least I got it there, okay? Uh, Nick Kyrgios, the five seed, is in this tournament. Daniel Evans, a lot of good players, like I said. As far as the rankings go up or the points go up in these tournaments, the better players play in them, and usually there's not as many tournaments around them at the same time. Nishioka's in this tournament. He loses in the first round. But really, a lot of good names in this tournament. ATP 500, going to be really fun to watch, uh, other than Kasper Ruud losing in the first round. Honestly, a bummer. What's interesting about this event is uh, one interesting story is Taylor Fritz actually had to go into quarantine and then came out of quarantine and won his first round match. So, which, which is crazy. He tweeted about it and he's like, 
yo, like I, I literally sat in a hotel room for five days and then had to come out of quarantine and play a match and I won. So that's kind of what Taylor Fritz does. He's a freak of nature. No one really knows how his body works because he did the same thing when he had knee surgery and then three weeks later made it to like the quarterfinals at Wimbledon. But Taylor Fritz, freak of nature, happy he's American because I get to cheer for him all the time. Uh, let's go to the other ATP 500 that is uh, in Kazakhstan. And that has all the other big names in tennis are playing in that tournament. Rafael Nadal, not really seen at a lot of these tournaments, but that's kind of expected because, you know, he's having a kid soon. He's taking some time off. So honestly, good for him. Dino Medvedev, the two seed. Carlos Alcaraz, the one seed, loses to David Golfin in the first round. So not sure what happened there with Alcaraz, uh, but Golfin, it's not like he's nobody. Golfin was once a top 10 player in the world. So for Alcaraz to lose to him, I mean, Gafin is getting to a point where he is starting to play really, really good tennis again. So he is beating these guys, and he's playing competitive against some of these top guys. So even if people haven't heard of him recently, he's still a high-level tennis player. But real bummer for Carlos Alcaraz to lose here and uh, not good for him moving forward. But he should be fine as he moves into, like... I don't know, the, the ATB finals and stuff like that. So I'm not sure if he's playing in the next gen. We'll get to that in another podcast. But like I said, a lot of big names in this tournament. Rublev, Sitsipas, uh, Stan Wawrinka's in this tournament. Hachinov, uh, Maxim Cressy, Novak Djokovic is a four seed, which is hilarious. Uh, real bummer for guys that got to play him in the middle part of this bracket. Uh, FAA lost to Roberto Batista Agut early in this tournament. Like I said, Medvedev is in this tournament. Now that Marc-Andre Hushler is in this tournament, he loses in the first round. So, yeah, I call that little tournament win hangover. So, I don't know, go celebrate your 250 and uh, get ready for the Paris 1000 there, uh, Marc-Andre Hushler, because that's going to be some, want some prize money you're going to want there. But awesome first win for you. What's next? Uh, what's next is the... Paris uh, Masters 1000, the Rolex Paris Masters. Now, there's a lot of tournaments between now and then, but that's the big tournament. So next week, I'll probably talk about the tournament going on in Spain, in Italy, in Belgium, in Sweden, in Italy, in Austria, in Switzerland. That's what happens now until the very end of October when the Rolex Paris Masters get underway there in France. Nick Curios had a very, very interesting interview where he talked with the ATP about what the rest of his year looked like. And he's playing a lot more tournaments than I expected him to play. But he mentioned, he goes, I'm going to be playing in Paris. Uh, the money's good. And he's like, because I, you know, it's a good turn. I want to play in that tournament, but also the money's good. Very, very good point. I've talked about this in this podcast before. These players don't get paid unless they play. So uh, if the money's good at a tournament, they're going to travel across the world to play in that tournament. There's no doubt about it. And Nick Kyrgios is real about that. That is a driving factor for a lot of these guys. These guys are going all over the world to play in tournaments. So there's a reason for that. So speaking of Nick Kyrgios, uh, while he's at some of these tournaments, the lawyers for Nick Kyrgios, this is on Twitter. This is reported by Simon Atkinson. He says the lawyers for Nick Kyrgios say they will apply to have a common assault charge against the tennis star thrown out on mental health grounds. The case has been adjourned. No date set yet. That is on the um, that is on the assault charges that are against Nick Kyrgios in his home country of Australia. If you don't know much about that, I am not your source for that. I guarantee you, I am not your source for Nick Kyrgios news. I'm just spreading the news because this is what's happening in this guy's life right now as he travels the world and people should know about it. 
But uh, go on the internet. You can find articles on it. You can find more information on it. Ben Rothenberg knows a lot more about it on Twitter than I do. But uh, there are some criminal, it seems, charges. Uh, I don't know, criminal, criminal, civil. There's some charges that are against Nick Kyrgios in his home country uh, from what I believe is his ex-girlfriend or uh, someone he used to be with. So you're gonna, if you want to know more about that and how it's kind of affecting him right now, that that is what's going on over there. I did a poor job of explaining that. I very well know that, but there are better sources out there for uh, when it comes to the logistics and the criminal history of players than me. I promise you that. Last thing here, Carlos Alcaraz. I mentioned earlier he lost to David Goffin, but listen to this: he has won at least one set in all sixty-two matches in twenty twenty-two. That's insane. He's won a set in every single match in 2022. 62 of them. Imagine winning a set in all of those matches. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, what he's doing this year is incredible. And uh, he is number one in the world right now. And fellow Spaniard Rafael Nadal is number two in the world. So once again, Spain is very, very much on top of the tennis world right now. There is a ton we're going to talk about next week. I want to get to a few other things uh, when it comes to tennis and especially some tennis that's happening as far as like a super league. Um, I'm going to get to that next week. It's not necessarily a super league. I don't think it's going to be like a live golf situation, but I'm going to get to that next week. We're getting a little long here. I touched on a few tournaments. I just wanted to get cut and dry what's happening in the tennis world, and uh, that's where I got. Winners this week, Mark andre Husler is a winner, Nishioka is a winner, and Novak Djokovic is a winner. So... That is what's happening this week. ATP 500s, then a ton of 250s, and then finally we get back to an ATP 1000. November tennis is very, very exciting. October tennis, an absolute grind. Thanks for listening. We'll talk next week. See ya! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.